0: Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer Podcast. I'm Sarah.
1: And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between.
0: Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Dear Writer. This is episode 59 and another one of our Talking Shop episodes. And today, well like most of these episodes, we're probably going to just jump straight on in because otherwise we run out of time. So Sarah, what is your tool of the month this month? So
0: this month I have been looking at the great courses. So it's basically a series of different courses, um, but the one that I've been watching has been called Writing Great Fiction, um, Storytelling Tips and Techniques. And I'm reviewing episode one which is called starting the writing process so I found this in the digital resources of my public library's website and it has been amazing basically it's a lecture series devoted to writing great fiction so I'm only going to go to the first episode as I said but it's 24 episodes long oh wow and covers yeah everything from characterization evoking emotion in your readers Developing setting, all of that, and more that I haven't listed because I haven't. Even, like, I started much. writing down the titles, and then I was like, this is going to take me forever because it's like 24 episodes, and you'd get bored <laughs> if I just listed them all like episode one, this episode two. So, <laughs> if you're interested in it, for sure, go check out Writing Great Fiction Storytelling Tips and Techniques, and it has the series. There.
1: I wonder if they have it at my library.
0: Yeah. So the lecturer is a guy called James Hines, who is an American novelist and who has taught a number of creative writing classes around the USA, including at Iowa Writers Workshop, the University of Michigan, the University of Texas, Miami University, and Grinnell College. So quite a number of different places. And so yeah I just thought I'd let you know who the lecturer is so you can kind of look up a bit about him if you're interested again and the first episode was devoted to discussing as I said about how to start your piece of fiction and how to overcome writer's block when you're faced with a blank page and Heinz suggested that to make the beginning less foreboding to break the question of how do I begin up into three separate questions so he listed number one being the artistic question of what is my story about number two the logistical question what technical decisions like narrator verb choice and so on will I make and three the psychological question of how do you gear up emotionally to begin and so the lecturer explored these questions and how you might go about answering them. He also used a very familiar structure to help with outlining your story in a very basic form. I'm sure that you've all heard of this particular structure at some point, probably during high school, where he called it the five W's of journalism, but I just knew of it as the five W's. So who, what, where, when, and why? I just remember Mrs. Price saying that. (laughs) Who, what, where, why, when? (laughs) Ingrained in me i'm sure everyone has come across it at some point it's definitely like one of those things you learn in english and you're like oh okay i didn't know that you could approach things this way but when you apply it to fiction it asks the novelist some interesting and useful questions so who being the characters the point of view your protagonist what what happens what is your plot where is in setting? How important is the setting to your story? Because he explained that, you know, some stories you can pick up and place in a different location and the overall story doesn't really change that much, but others the setting is absolutely crucial. And when, so when in history and also when in the lives of your characters does the story take place? When in relation to the narrator? So, in what tense? and why. So what are the motivations of the characters? Or why are they in this situation? Why also explores the theme of the story or what you want your readers to learn. Like, why is this story important? And so he goes through those and gives like a few examples. And the other thing that I found kind of interesting in this lecture is he also gives a definition of plot and story. So he defines story as the chronological list of events Whereas the plot, he said, was a story plus causality and motivation. So your plot is more than just this happens and then that happens and then that happens. But also why this happens and how did the characters get to this point? And he reminds us that it doesn't need to be told in a chronological order either. So then he gave some ideas for different types and openings you could use. So a description of the scene. Um, You could open with dialogue or internal monologue or action or a combination of all of those above. So finally, he addressed the psychological question in greater depth to allay some of the anxiety about getting the first words down. And his suggestions were number one, you don't need to start at the beginning. Number two, you don't have to know where the story ends. Three, you don't have to have an outline or stick to it if you do have one. And four, it doesn't have to be good to begin with. (laughs) So I feel like, you know, I've just very briefly gone over. It was an hour lecture, but I feel like he covered a lot of stuff and he gave a lot of examples as well about how to do it and how to use this in your writing. And I felt like it it was really good because he was really clear in the way he talked about writing. He gave really... Extremely good and usable tips, but then he also encourages writers to use what works for them and ignore what doesn't. And Hines acknowledged there is no right way to go about writing a novel, only what works and what doesn't work for each individual person, which I thought was a really important thing to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. And I was astounded at how much information, as I said, was crammed into just this one episode. And I can't wait to watch the rest of the series. So that sounds really useful. Definitely was. And I started watching the next one, which is about basically like how to show and not tell. Right. And basically the premise behind this, he was saying is you want to evoke emotion in your readers. You don't just want to tell them the story because if someone's told something, it's like, okay. Okay, that's kind of interesting, but they're not engaged with it. And so mm-hmm. his next episode was basically focused on how to get your readers really engaged and feel the tension and stakes of what's going on in your story. So I thought that could be super helpful as well. And there were were points, like it's not just bland, dry lecture where you're like, okay, yeah, now I'm like falling asleep. (laughs) There were points when I like literally laughed out loud because some of the stuff that he came up with, was just like, oh, that's kind of funny. I can't think of any particular examples, but, and maybe you wouldn't find it quite as funny as I did because I'm a little bit geeky that way sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I found it kind of funny at points.
1: So it sounds good been kind of looking for a like a luxury type resource so that could if my library has it then
0: Mm, you should really look it up and see if it like whether you can hire it or maybe even buy the series like I'm sure it would be available yeah somehow it'll be somewhere (laughs) like my library I feel is quite good about this kind of thing like I specifically started looking for stuff on that and first I came across like these courses that you can take like actual writing courses where you like sign up and they'll be like online but you'll have like an instructor lead and Mm -hmm. it'll you know last a couple of months or whatever and I was like wow I didn't know you could sign up to courses like this but then (laughs) at the same time I'm like oh anything that gets me to commit to like a specific time slot And stuff always makes me nervous being a nurse because I'm like, oh, I don't know, like when I'm going to be available or if I'll be on an evening shift or, you know, so it gets kind of complicated. And so something that was sort of pre-recorded lecture series is more suited for me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I really enjoy that about it. And so just again to remind you what it's called. So the course is called Writing Great Fiction, Storytelling Tips and Techniques. And the lecturer, I believe, for the whole series is James Hines. So if you would check that out, definitely helpful. And my library thing, like it gives like ratings and stuff, and it was five-star rated. Oh, <laughs> But I don't know how, you know, how broadly Calgarians or Like read or write or find writing resources. So I don't know how useful the writing is, but people seem to like it. (laughs) Yeah. What was your tool of the month, this month, Ashley? So this month
1: I came across an, an interesting
0: book, which was called
1: Pep Talks for Writers by Grant Faulkner. And it's interesting because it's one of those very digestible books. So it's made up of 52 mini chapters that are only a maximum of two pages long and each one of those chapters touches on a different aspect of the creative process so it's one of those ones where you don't have to read the whole thing you can just read the bits that you're interested in Mm -hmm. so the chapters range from things like the art of boredom and getting feedback to the art of melancholy which I (laughs) (laughs) quite like um, so I thought I'd just go through two of the chapters which caught my attention and I thought offered an interesting insight. The first is called Getting Ideas, a writing Rorschach test. So basically the ink blot test, but for writing, which I thought, like, oh, okay, interesting. So in this chapter, uh, the author dismisses outright dismisses the idea of writer's block which I thought was contentious in itself a lot of people do (laughs) (laughs) but he did raise an interesting point about it and the fact that if you claim you have writer's block it then reinforces the idea of the writer's block if that makes any sense so you're like I have writer's block so I can't write and then you don't write because you've told yourself you have writer's block was sort of what he was the point he was getting to and I was like
0: I could see that I can see that. I think it depends on how you define it as to whether you have that effect or not, because to me, writer's block is like, I'm struggling a bit with this chapter or whatever, but it doesn't mean that I'm like, I can't write, if that makes sense. So I think people define it in different ways and depending on how you define it might depend on how you, how it affects you. (laughs) Yeah, that makes makes sense. sense. That does make sense. The, uh, the author <laughs>
1: defines it as, which I am now going to call it from this point forward, a creative impasse <laughs> or an interlude. <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm going to call it a creative impasse from now on. I thought that was hilarious. And then he offers up a couple ways to try and jumpstart your imagination. So one was something he called Bradbury's list making and he was saying that you pretty much just make really long lists of nouns to trigger ideas, and he justifies this because, so Bradbury is an author, basically, Um, and Bradbury says that everyone possesses tons of different life experiences and you just need to find a way to bring them to the surface. So this is a direct quote. Conjure the nouns. Alert the secret self taste the darkness, speak softly and write any old word that wants to jump out at you um, from the uh, out of your nerves and onto the page. So basically just write whatever comes to you basically. Mm -hmm. And they actually, I haven't written them here, but you can find it in the book. The author uh, provides a list of nouns that actually inspired one of Bradbury's books. So it's like a list of these nouns. And then he tells you the book that he got from it and it was really interesting because you're like oh, okay they all seem really random at first and then when you look at it you're like oh okay I see how this <laughs> turns into that how interesting so that was one of his tips was the list making and the other tip was letter writing and I was like oh, okay so he suggests you search within your memory for people or characters real or imaginary who have at one point passed through your life and then have them write a letter to someone, whether it be you, their mother, like some random character in a book you're thinking about, their ex-lover, whatever you so choose. Uh, and that can give you really interesting story ideas. So I was like, oh, I like that. It's kind of like your character interview. Yeah, that's I, what I was thinking. Of. Um, yeah. Except I guess you can write it to whoever you want. So I thought that was an, a fun little tip um, to try. To yeah get out of your creative impasse.
0: I haven't done that for a while, actually. Maybe it's useful to do it for Simon. Yeah, maybe. Interview Simon.
1: Yeah, he's he's being
0: a bit of a challenge for me as well at the moment.
1: So yes, that was one chapter. And the other chapter I thought I'd mention because I thought it was a bit it was just it was an interesting point raised. And I don't I'm not hundred percent sure like how I feel about it, but I thought I'd raise it anyways. So the chapter was called writing with a persona. And it was an interesting concept. So Grant, so the author, says that sometimes you get in the way of your story as in you, the author, like your identity, your history, your expectations, everything about you can get in the way and end up narrowing the story that you're trying to write rather than widening it. And he talks about how for some people, if they assume a pen name and a different identity, it gives them a liberation in their writing. So they have a new voice, basically. And when you're writing from like the perspective of a different author, you're able to like, get away from your own sort of self-perception and the way you see things and try and write it from a slightly different view. And he, his quote is "A nom de plume." Can you let you write more dangerously, take risks? <laughs> it's like amazing, and it allows you to occupy the persona of someone entirely different from yourself if you want to. Um, he says he's never published under a pen name, but he has written a lot of his first drafts under a pen name before he then like edits it and then you know does publish it under his his own name. And he says that helps him write the more shocking scenes because it's, like, not him writing it. It's his, like, alter ego writing it. That's quite funny. So he suggests just for a bit of fun to create a character, a name and background, and then write from this new character as the author and just write, like, a little poem or a short story or just a little excerpt of writing and see how it changes to your
0: normal writing and
1: I was like that sounds kind of amusing
0: it sounds quite interesting I feel like yeah you create characters in your books and then you're creating a character to write the characters so it's quite funny but <laughs> character inception yes but at the same time I can see how it would be useful especially like sometimes I've wanted to kind of dip into horror but then I can't like get my mind around where I'd start or like the perception that I'd need to like start writing in that if that makes sense so I can kind of see that where it would help like I don't know you know if you think about like being Stephen King or something when you're like (laughs) writing or or like an an author that you really like and then I mean obviously you don't want to completely emulate their style but if you use like elements of like different stuff and change your change your perception of yeah, who, who you are writing the story, then it might help to have ideas flow. So I can mm-hmm. see how it would help. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. I is it was is. just
1: really interesting. <laughs> and I was kind of thinking about other scenes where occasionally I've been like, oh, I have to write the scene. Like it really doesn't feel like me and you're a bit like a bit nervous to write it and then to share it. So I can kind of see how if you were like, oh, no, no, it wasn't me that wrote it. It was <laughs> yeah. It was Asher, my other persona, that wrote that.
0: <laughs> that Asher, he's always getting yeah. me in trouble. <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe we'll have to try it, <laughs> at some point. So anyway, so that was just two chapters from the book, "Pep Talks for Writers" by Grant Faulkner. So check it out if you're looking for a little bit of creative inspiration. It's got a lot of interesting tidbits in it that cover, you know, a really large selection of a lot of the troubles that authors go through on a regular basis Mm -hmm. so we should probably move on to what we're reading this month Uh, so Sarah what's your your book you've been reading for I guess fun hopefully (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: it was for fun this month good I read Eleanor and Park by Rainbow Rowell so clearly last time with the talking shop episode that we did it was a bit out of my comfort zone, reading a rather literary type of historical fiction novel, which I did end up just putting down, because I was like, I can't, I can't do this. So I had a return to the familiar of teen fiction. <laughs> There's
1: nothing wrong with that.
0: But, you know, also, if you listen to our last talking shop, you'll know that I reviewed Save the Cat Writes Novel. And that book had reminded me about a bunch of really well-known great works of fiction, which Eleanor and Park is one that's been highly rated. And it's a teen coming-of-age novel, so I thought I'd just read you guys the blurb. Eleanor is a new girl in town, and with her chaotic family life, her mismatched clothes and unruly red hair, she couldn't stick out more if she tried. Park is the boy at the back of the bus, black t-shirts, headphones, hidden head in a book. He thinks he's made himself invisible, but not to Eleanor, never to Eleanor. Slowly, steadily, through late night conversations and an ever-growing sack of mixtapes, Eleanor and Park fall for each other. They fall in love the way you do the first time, when you're young, and you feel as if you have nothing, and everything, to lose. So it was an incredibly sweet story, but also touched on some deeper issues in both teens' lives, um, more so Eleanor's. But yeah, it's lit- written from both of their perspectives and third-person narration and really makes you root for the characters since you can see what each of them are going through. So it's, you know, it's categorized as a love story, but in some ways to me, it's much more than that. And that it's not only about first love, but also self-love and about growing up and becoming the people that they're meant to be. My only negative point with it was that I thought the ending could have been rounded off as a little bit better than what it was, because I found that the author had kind of written it quite vaguely. So I'd almost categorize the ending as an ambiguous ending, But but not quite. The last words were clearly meant to mean one thing, but because it was vague, it could be taken entirely differently too, which I didn't like. (laughs) It didn't feel like a strong ending, but I got the point of it. And overall, I think the, the read was very good. It was like literally the last paragraph. (laughs) <laughs> that I was like mm, I didn't quite like that but the rest of it was really great <laughs> that's good so I would highly recommend it again that's Eleanor Park by Rainbow Rowell and what a, I wonder if that's like a a pen name or not it's a very interesting name Rainbow Rowell
1: it is an interesting name I don't know I quite
0: like it <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, it feels like it suits the story mm-hmm but yeah it's cute anyways <laughs> what have you been reading Ashley well
1: I am reading a book that my mother-in-law left me to read ages ago she loves murder mysteries and I usually really like murder mysteries too but usually like more thrillery murder mysteries so she left me the book and then you die by Michael Dibton and I decided to give that a go yesterday because I am Currently on leave from work and in lockdown, which means I can't go anywhere. And so I was like, hmm, I'll have a go. I'll just read you the blurb and then I'll tell you sort of how I'm feeling about it so far. Aurelio Zen of Rome's criminopol is back, but nobody's supposed to know it. After months in hospital recovering from a bomb attack on his car, he's lying low under a false name at a beach resort on the Tuscan coast, waiting to testify in an imminent anti-mafia trial. He has clear instructions to sit back and enjoy the classic Italian beach holiday. But Zen is getting restless, and as an alarming number of people are dropping dead around him, it seems just a matter of time before the Mafia managed to finish the job they bungled months ago before on a lonely Sicilian road. Dot, dot, dot. So no one's died yet, <laughs> which is a little bit,
0: I'm like, mm, give me
1: the murder, please. So there was not
0: yet an alarming number of there people is not dropping yet dead around him.
1: Well, no, because I was like, oh, people are just going to be dying left, right and center. This is what I feel like I've been promised from the back. And so far, no one has died yet. And however, he <laughs> is just laying low on the um, the Tuscan coast. Yeah, he's been to the beach. He's had a, a nap. <laughs> he's walked to the restaurant. It was quite a lengthy walk. Um, now he's having dinner and I'm like, mm, give me murder. So hopefully I'll get murder soon. Because <laughs> I feel like there is a lot of promise in this. I just need to get to, it. to
0: the murder
1: part hopefully so wish me luck
0: Had <laughs> a, a long build up. a long build
1: up a long build up so I'm hoping for that it's going to make up for it shortly I'm not going to put it hopefully. down yet I, I feel like the murder's coming and that it's going to be good but I was you know expecting it to have happened a little sooner but it's okay,
0: it's okay. Mm-hmm.
1: They, they've set the scene very well so yes that's my book I'm reading at the moment so it's called and then you die by Michael Tipton so with that, we should
0: probably wrap this episode up
1: before we run way too far over time.
0: Yep. So if you would like to be on our author spotlight section, you can go to lindesoncreations.com. And if you hover your mouse over the podcast tab on the main menu, you'll find a dropdown to be featured on Dare Writer. Um, and next time on Dear Writer, it's our main podcast episode
1: where we're going to be having a conversation about how to write good dialogue. I think it will be an enlightening conversation as well. A good yes. dialogue.
0: I'm excited about it because I love writing dialogue. Me too. <laughs> me too. Maybe it um, comes from character development and enjoying that side of things, but I love dialogue. <laughs> me too. I've <I'm> always liked <laughs> a couple of our chapters recently
1: in the ancient greece book i'm like sorry sarah it's pretty much entirely dialogue
0: it's fine i find um, that like if, if i'm stuck like a bit of dialogue can get me going again
1: yeah like <laughs> or it can kind of
0: spice up like a bit of a scene if it's like too much description or something yeah. add some dialogue in there and you're suddenly like hey now like it just, to life a bit. yeah <laughs> exactly so I'm sure we'll talk about this and more <laughs> next time mm-hmm. um,
1: but yeah so if you want to know more about us or any of our writing projects you can visit us at lindersoncreations.com or you can check us out on facebook or instagram
0: under the handle lindersoncreations. if you enjoy the show then please rate and review us on apple podcasts or subscribe on your podcatcher of choice tell your friends about us and we'll be back next week happy writing everyone